Good morning, Ten Strike Church. I mean, I know I was kind of off this morning coming up here, but uh, that's no excuse for you. Come on. Good morning, everybody. All right, all right. We know where we are. That's good. Uh, this morning, a few announcements. First off, uh, we have a wonderful fellowship meal prepared by the always loving hands of Julie Bush. She always makes good food. Yes, we're excited. So afterwards, please stick around for fellowship and good food. It is always good. Uh, let's see. I have an announcement here that we are looking for nursery helpers. I believe that's on for Sunday mornings. If you're interested, contact Bobby Joe. Uh, should be a number on the screen at some point. Uh, this Tuesday, uh, November 14th, we have uh, TCC Youth Group Bowling Night. Doesn't that sound fun? So yeah, we are having a bowling night at uh, the Black Duck Bowling Alley. We want all the youth that aren't already present in Black Duck to meet here at the church at about 5.45. We'll be taking the bus to be in Black Duck by 6. Um, and then also, just a quick reminder, the youth group is also um, prepping the Christmas drama that we'll be doing on the 17th, and that's after church every Sunday until that date. So please stick around after church if you're involved with that. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Zach. All right. Uh, this Wednesday, though, that means on uh, Wednesday, November 15th, uh, we do have the touch point with Pastor Stephen Joyce, uh, but there will be no youth group this week. Uh, and no kids' activities this week, but there will be the 6.30 women's Bible study, okay? Uh, it says here, we're also still looking for someone to work with elementary kids on Wednesday nights uh, for that, the activities, the teaching time, all that good stuff. So please contact Kathy Cootley, number on the screen if you're interested in that. Uh, some quick, just upcoming Sunday morning things. Uh, I don't know if I'll go over all of this, but you'll be able to see it on the screen, I believe, that on November 19th, we'll have a Thanksgiving service, and we'll be installing Doug Cootley as deacon here at TCC. Uh, on the 17th, we're going to have a special, Zach just mentioned it, a youth-led Christmas service, and that'll include a skit. Uh, it's called Store Window Nativity, so I'm excited to see that. Uh, Christmas concert on uh, December 24th, right, uh, with... Kenton Chantel Dudley, Bended Knee, always good. And on the 31st, on New Year's Eve, a concert led by Tim and Kathy Pomp. All right. And just a reminder that here at Ten Strike, uh, when we take the offering, we don't pass around the plate. We have boxes on the back wall. Uh, and I have just a, a quick thought for us this morning. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, oh, that's the baby monitor. Uh, speaking of babies, I, that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. Uh, two weeks ago, uh, we, uh, I was up here and I was talking about our little one, uh, little Novella Coffin, uh, our daughter. Two weeks ago, uh, I was, to remind us of the story, I was changing her on the floor. I was putting new clothes on her and uh, she was on her stomach and I go to roll her over, very casual, normal, every day. It's just Saturday. We're in our PJs. I go to roll her over, and as she rolls over, her arm gets caught behind her rather portly little frame, and uh, there's a, a loud popping sound, and her arm goes limp, uh, her, her right arm, and she's screaming and crying, and it, it's a, one of the scariest little moments of uh, my parenting life so far, right? 
Uh, and so we're, I'm holding there, and you know, you're waiting for the fingers to move, right? And yes, her fingers move. Okay, not broken. Good. Uh, we get her calmed down, but she's still kind of holding her arm very awkwardly and limply, right? So we take her to the doctor. We spend three hours there. They tell us, well, it, we don't know what's going on here. <laughs> they, they don't have much to tell us after, you know, x-rays and all that kind of thing. They say, well, it's, it's not broken. Well, we knew that. Uh, not dislocated. Well, that's good. So they're like, the best we can do is bandage her up and just see what happens, right? And so two Sundays ago, if you saw her, her little arm was all bandaged up and she had a, a limp sleeve, nothing in it. Very, uh, very pathetic, right? And <laughs> very sad. But uh, after the service, uh, we, we just had a little time of prayer, didn't we? We just, you know, uh, Joyce came, Pastor Joyce came up and just a simple prayer, simple touch. And we noticed right away that that evening, we took the bandage off. Didn't seem like she wanted it or needed it. Um, her arm was moving around real great. Next day, no sign of any pain at all, moving around beautifully. Uh, and I just I want to share that this morning as a little praise and a little thanks, right? Uh, we're coming into a season of Thanksgiving, right? And so I wanted to give thanks for my little daughter and for her uh, totally healed, restored little arm. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah, this morning... Uh, she was playing on it and moving around and flinging, flinging her arms around just like she always does, and it's uh, beautiful. But uh, I had another thought about uh, children. Uh, Jesus had something to uh, say about children, didn't he? Uh, I was thinking about this verse this morning. Uh, it says that they brought, this is in Luke chapter 18, verse 15. It said, he brought infants, uh, they, the people brought infants, children, just like my little Bella, uh, to Jesus, that he might touch them, right? But when the disciples saw it, they rebuked them. This isn't where children belong, right? This is the great teacher. Children don't belong here, right? But Jesus uh, uh, called them to him, he said, and he said this, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them at all, for such is the kingdom of God. Such, just like these. This is what the kingdom of God looks like, he says. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, as a little child does, will by no means enter it. And uh, something of a uh, conviction I've had over the past few years as I've studied the word is that whenever you see the word talking about the kingdom of God, um, sometimes our minds go to, okay, the afterlife, the heavenly realm, and that's, that's good. I think that's part of what it's talking about. Um, but whenever Jesus is talking of the kingdom of God, he's talking about something that's also very present and real and tangible in the now, right? Uh, he was the kingdom of God here. When he's talking about let the children come to the kingdom of God, he's talking about himself, isn't he? And so when we're experiencing the kingdom of God, um, we're supposed to do it like children now, aren't we? <laughs> we're supposed to come to him now and trust him now. Uh, I was thinking about my little daughter, in those moments of, of pain, um, she didn't hold anything back. She didn't try to guard herself. She didn't try to pretend like nothing was wrong. And she does that all day long. Her emotions are right on the surface. Her needs and wants and desires, her communication to us is perfect, I would say. <laughs> she, never, she never hides anything. She never tries to deceive us in any way or try to get around or try to pretend that she's stronger than she is, right? She just is. She lives and exists with us and trusts us implicitly with every need, every want, every desire of her little heart, uh, as basic and as babyish as those is. But I think sometimes we, we kind of think of ourselves a little funny where we're like, well, now I'm grown up and God sees me as some big adult person. 
God is, he, is this eternal great being. Uh, which, which one of us are, are 29 years, are 50, 60, 70 years on earth seemed like such a long time to him, right? Uh, and what, which one of us can say that we're beyond needing him in every moment, in everything that we need and desire? And yet we hold back, don't we? We pretend like we don't sometimes. And so just my, my thought for this morning is come to him as those little children. Trust him in the now, not for some future, you know, okay, I'm getting to heaven someday. But right now, the kingdom of heaven can be here when we trust him and know him as little children do with the crying and the smiling and all the things that we can do, we can just be open, right? So with that thought in mind, we trust everything, Jesus, to you. Uh, we declare that over ourselves, that even as little babes, we bring ourselves back to that state before you, Jesus, hold, held in your arms, trusting you, knowing that you are the provider, the giver of all good things, that we trust you to provide for us, to help us, and to heal us in our times of need. So, Jesus, we pray that over this time, this season, we thank you for all the things that you have done, will do, and are doing right now. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, right now, we're going to call up Adam to the stage. Adam Sharon, he has a message for us. Thank you. Let's give him a hand. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> Morning, everyone. After that great worship time, you have to start out by praying that I still got enough voice to, to share what's on my heart. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me just start out by, uh, by saying that this past week, my lovely wife and I uh, reached our 27th wedding anniversary. Congratulations, Vicki. <laughs> Well, the reason I bring that up is I have this, uh, this Bible that I've had since before we got married, and as I was going through the notes uh, for preparing for today, I came, I opened up this Bible, and here in here is some, you know, some, we're, we're all sentimental about different kinds of things, right? I, I kind of have always had this heart of a bookkeeper. <laughs> Seems like no matter what I'm doing, I always end up kind of having some bookkeeping roles. And uh, so, of course, what else would I say but receipts? I have two receipts here from our honeymoon 27 years ago. One is from Chi-Chi's in Duluth, and the other is from J.C. Penney's in Duluth from 1996. <laughs> and... Uh, one, yeah, the J.C. Penney's is November 11, 96. That's yesterday, 27 years ago. And I still got them in my Bible along with some other things here that are, you know, if you keep something in your Bible long enough, it just becomes part of you. It becomes special. Here's a picture of, of me with Bob and Julie Bush. Like, that was probably 28, 29 years ago. That stays in there. But anyway... Those, those receipts are going to come up later, so I'm just bringing them out now. <clears throat> but uh, today I'd like to share a little from uh, 2 Kings 20. There was uh, King Hezekiah. This was at the time when, when the children of Israel were divided into two kingdoms, kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah. 
And Hezekiah was the king of Judah at this time. And uh, we're going to look at this at a prayer of King Hezekiah that changed the outcome in his life like 100%. And, uh, and how that is something that, that can teach us, that we can use. <clears throat> so I want to start with um, reading 2 Kings 20, verses 1 through 12, and this is in the Amplified Version. In those days, when Sennacherib invaded Judah, first invaded Judah, Hezekiah became deathly ill. The prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not recover. Then Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Please, O Lord, remember now with compassion how I have walked before you in faithfulness and truth, and with a whole heart entirely devoted to you, and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had gone out of the middle courtyard, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people. Thus says the Lord, the God of David your father, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears. Behold, I am healing you. On the third day, you shall go up to the house of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and save you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will protect this city for my own sake and, and for my servant David's sake. <clears throat> then Isaiah said, bring a cake of figs. And they brought it and placed it on the painful inflammation and he recovered. Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what will be the sign that the Lord will completely heal me and that I shall go up to the house of the Lord on the third day? Isaiah said, this will be the sign to you from the Lord that he will do the thing he has spoken. Shall the shadow, indicating the time of day, go forward 10 steps or go backward 10 steps? Hezekiah answered, it's easy for the shadow to go forward 10 steps. No, but let the shadow turn backward 10 steps. So Isaiah the prophet called out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow on the steps backwards by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahaz. <clears throat> so this story of Hezekiah is truly an amazing story of the power of prayer. Uh, Hezekiah's prayer completely changed the outcome that he was presented with, literally from death to life. And I want to look a little closer at the, the, the ingredients of this story. So the first word of the Lord that came to him was, Thus says the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not recover. So the way I would see this is that, is that the Lord is saying to Hezekiah, this is the track you're on. This is the outcome of the track that you are currently on. Uh, and But Hezekiah's prayer gave God the opening to intervene and to move in his life. See, if we, if we ignore the Lord, if we don't commune with him, if we don't pray to him, if we don't pay attention to our relationship with him, if we don't engage with him, it becomes, it, we make it difficult for him. Did you know you can make things difficult for God? <laughs> 
we make it difficult for God to move in our lives when we ignore him, when we don't pay attention to him. Uh, we, you know, we're made for fellowship with God, but we were created to, with that purpose, with that as part of our being, who we are. And we don't work right when we don't have that. And so I would contend that there's plenty of times in our lives when we get an outcome that, that we don't like is because we did not talk to God about it. We didn't give him an opening into our lives to intervene and to change something. So God wants to partner with his children. That's the main way that he works in the earth. He partners with his children. And so uh, originally Hezekiah got this word, you shall die and not recover. Hezekiah, this is the course that you're on. But it changed to, I'm healing you. I will add 15 years to your life. That outcome, that first outcome, was interrupted by a man speaking to God. And God changed the outcome. <clears throat> so how did this happen? I mean, he just, he just engaged God. Let's, let's look at the prayer. Uh, verse 2. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Please, O Lord, remember now with compassion how I have walked before you in faithfulness and truth and with a whole heart entirely devoted to you and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Now, it's interesting to me that in this prayer, he didn't even directly ask for healing. He, he just humbly said, Lord, remember me. <laughs> I've done everything I could do uh, to, to live for you. Remember me. And that was enough. He engaged God. He, 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 uh, if he had hardened his heart toward the Lord at that point, I believe that first word would have carried through. That would have been the outcome. He would have died and not recovered. But he reached out to the Lord, and he appealed to his compassion. And his very calling out to the Lord expressed his faith. And we know from the word of God that God is pleased with faith, and he responds to faith. And so the outcome was life. Uh, <clears throat> this is a lesson for us, I believe. No matter how fixed a certain outcome seems to be, we can still appeal to God. We can still ask him for his compassion and his, his healing, his intervention. Don't give up on a hard situation that seems unchangeable, uh, but keep engaging the Lord about it. Express your heart to him, um, not only in your words, but also in how you act. And when you do this, you actually create an opening for him in your life. To, to intervene and to move and to act. So let's look at a different piece of this story uh, that's interesting. Isaiah the prophet, he delivered the word of the Lord to Hezekiah, saying that he would die. And Hezekiah prayed, and immediately, I mean, Isaiah, if you look at the scripture, Isaiah didn't even have a chance to get out of the building. Uh, before the Lord came and brought him the second word and said, go back and now tell him uh, that you're going to live and I'll add 15 years to your life and I'm going to heal you. 
Uh, just as a total aside here, <clears throat> uh, I wonder how, how many of us, if we were Isaiah, how many of you, how many of us have the humility level and the connectedness with God it would take to deliver, you know, you're the prophet everybody looks to and you deliver a word of the Lord. And then two minutes later, the Lord says, okay, go back and tell him 100% something different. <laughs> oh, that was a test of pride, I bet. Uh, anyway, a test of his character. But, the, but he did it, praise the Lord. So anyway, um, he immediately delivered this second word. And when he gets this second word from the Lord, the, a good word from the Lord, his, his reaction is, well, what's a sign that this is really going to happen? <laughs> I, I, I found that a little amusing that when the first word from the Lord came that he was going to die, he didn't ask for a sign for that one. I, he, he, I think he already had the signs. He was, it said he was deathly ill. That was, that was the sign, right, that he was going that direction. He didn't need a sign. He already knew he was going that way. But... Uh, well, why, why is it that he, when a, a positive word from the Lord is delivered, he asks for a sign? And I, that could be part of our fallen human nature, that it's, it's easier for us to, we tend to believe something negative before we believe something positive. Uh, sometimes we need a little help to believe the word of the Lord. Um, Sometimes we, we need a sign to take hold of to, to, uh, to be able to express our faith. And in any case, uh, he asks for a sign, and Isaiah prays, and, and the Lord has no trouble giving a sign, and quite a remarkable one at that. But I think, I think what was happening is I, Hezekiah knew at this point that he needed a little help. Uh, he was deathly ill. He was on his deathbed. And he got a, a word from the Lord that at that moment, he had no evidence of that coming to pass, right? And so he knew he needed, uh, he was emotionally and physically in a state where he couldn't wait three days to find out if he could go up to the house of the Lord. He needed help now. And so he asked the Lord for a sign and the Lord gave it to him. And I just want to take this as, a, as an encouragement that, you know, I think all of us can probably admit that we've been in that place of, you know, we know what the word of the Lord is, but sometimes it's hard to believe that, and we need a little bit of help. <laughs> and if we know, if all of us know that we've been in that place, I'm pretty much betting that every single one of us right now has somebody in our life who's in that place. And they need a little bit of help. They need a word from the Lord. They need, uh, they need a little help to take hold of something. And it could be our tendency, if it's another believer, to say, well, come on, you should know better. Take hold of the word of the Lord. You should know better. But uh, let's move past that. It might be true. <laughs> we should know better. But we're that person too, right? Uh, but we can be the one that encourages another's faith. You can be, you might, you know, we might not all move in the role of the prophet Isaiah uh, and be able to talk to God and have him move the sun 10 steps back, but 
but we have the word of the Lord that we can share and encourage somebody else. Someone needs you to share your faith with them, even believers. You know, we, we use that phrase, sharing your faith, as, you know, mostly to share your faith with unbelievers. But I'll tell you what, believers need you to share your faith just as much. <laughs> um, so in, I'm asking us this question. How can we help somebody like Hezekiah who needs a little help to believe? Um, when I was pondering this question, the Lord brought me to the book of Philemon, verse 6. Let's read that together. Uh, in the Amplified, it says, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective and powerful because of your accurate knowledge of every good thing which is ours in Christ. And the New King James says it this way, I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Uh, this is a treasure. This, this is a good thing to know. Uh, this is not talking about sharing your faith in terms of just telling somebody, oh, chin up, cheer up, things will get better. Uh, this is going deeper. This is taking hold of truths and, and uh, expressing them to somebody else who needs to hear them. So in order to do this, we have to know what are these good things that we have in Christ we, and uh, that we're supposed to acknowledge. It says we're supposed to acknowledge these things. And you know what? We don't have to guess what they are. They're in here. You don't have to guess, but you do have to study. You do have to search it out. You don't just automatically know it. You have to find it. And uh, so let's take a, a few minutes today to look at a few of those things, uh, some, of the, some of the ones that are easy to find, okay? Of what do we have in Christ that we can acknowledge to other people? Well, John 14, 27 tells us that... Um, we have peace in Christ. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Not as the world giveth, give I to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So how do we acknowledge this? Um, how do we acknowledge that we have the peace of Christ? Well, one of the most basic ways of doing this, I believe, is to actually say it. Say it out loud. And uh, I have the peace of Christ. Can we do that together? We say that? I have the peace of Christ. And, you know, when I'm sitting out there and, uh, and the, the person on the platform says, turn to your neighbor and say, I always kind of cringe a little bit. It's like, oh, I don't like doing that. <laughs> but I get it. <laughs> and I'm going to ask you to do it today. <laughs> Come on, you, you, you know, everybody here knows somebody who know, needs to know this, needs to be reminded of this. I need to be reminded of basic truths from the Word of God all the time. Uh, so even though we know them, there's, there's, there's life that happens in the expressing of them. And so turn to somebody and say, you have the peace of Christ all right, see what's happening here is you're not only acknowledging it for yourself, 
but you're, you're imparting it to somebody else. You know, for centuries, there have been this tradition in the church of, of the peace, you know, giving the peace. In, in some, uh, some branches of the church, you'll go and there'll be a part of the sermon where, where you go around and you say the peace of Christ to you. And you're, you're, that's what you're doing. You're acknowledging that you have the peace of Christ and you're imparting it to others. Um, so you can tell them, you have the peace of Christ. Do not let your heart be troubled. Um, okay, here comes the receipts. One of the, one of the meanings of the word acknowledgement is, is a bookkeeping term. It's you get a receipt, okay? When you get a receipt, that's an acknowledgement of a payment that you've made or something that you've, you've received, right? And also, a receipt is if you, if you need to prove ownership of something, you got the receipt, okay? This J.C. Penney's receipt was for a, a, a long-gone jacket that, that I had. Well, if I walked out of there without, you know, and, and somebody asked me, well, did you pay for that jacket? I got the receipt. I can, I can wave this receipt and say, yes, this is the proof. Well, this is how we, when we acknowledge the good things that are in us, in Christ Jesus, we're showing our receipt, okay? And, and also, you can take your receipt and wave it in the face of the enemy and say, enemy, this is paid for. It's mine. It's not yours. It's mine. This proves it. Uh, so you can prove that you have these things in Christ by demonstrating them, okay? And that is what is encouraging somebody else. You can live it. So... Um, a, couple, a few more of these things. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, we are a new creation in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Romans 8.1, uh, no condemnation. Therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans 6.11 tells us that we're alive to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Colossians 2.10 says, And in him you have been made complete. In Christ you have been made complete. You know that if you are in Christ, you're not, you're not missing something. You're complete. Uh, he, him in you is completeness. And uh, so how do we acknowledge this? We say it. I am complete in Christ. And you, this is a tool of ministry to share your faith. You can say to another believer, you are complete in Christ. Ephesians 1.7 tells us we have redemption. In Jesus, in Christ, we have redemption, deliverance, salvation through his blood. The penalty for our sin has been paid. We have been redeemed. First uh, Corinthians 2.16 tells us we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ to be guided by his thoughts and purposes. So let's just exercise this receipt again today. And say, let's say together, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. And take that this week 
Think of somebody right now that you could share this with, another believer. You have the mind of Christ. You can be guided by his thoughts and purposes. Somebody in your life needs to hear this. Uh, and, and remember, we do need to hear these things. Romans ten seventeen says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You got to hear these things. Uh, when, when you're hearing these things, God sparks revelation and growth in you, in, in your faith, it causes your faith to rise up. So my, my summary today from the story of Hezekiah, remember that just because something looks like it has a certain outcome, don't stop talking to God about it. Don't stop appealing to his compassion. Don't stop engaging with him that gives him the opening to move into your life and to, and to intervene. And secondly, acknowledge every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. This is, acknowledging is more than just mental assent. You know, you can, you can agree in your, in your own thoughts. Yeah, that's true. That's right. I have this in Christ. But to acknowledge it is, is a step further than that. To acknowledge it is, is to prove it, is to show it, and to demonstrate it. And there's somebody in your life today, uh, this week, who needs you to share that kind of faith with them. So let's be looking for them. Let's go to the Lord. Father, uh, you're good to give us examples. Lord, we're grateful that uh, just like, like you moved so quickly in Hezekiah's life when he took time to pray, Lord, I believe that you're just waiting for us to create that opening for you to engage in our lives, to intervene in our lives. Lord, help us to remember that and to see that and to uh, just make it a constant flow of conversation with you, keeping our hearts soft toward you and engaging with you. And Father, uh, as, we, as we go ahead in this week, would you, would you show us people who we can share our faith with in this way, who we can, take our, who we can show our receipt that I have this in Christ and so do you. Lord, would you give us these opportunities, help us to see them and help us to step into them uh, for the sake of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.